Hello, and welcome to the Renwick Centre podcast. This week, we speak to Emily Shepherd, Director of Usher Kids Australia. Emily and her family received a diagnosis that changed their lives and the landscape for one of Australia's rare diseases. We find out more about how Usher Kids Australia began. We hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Renwick Centre podcast. My name is Trudy Smith, and I'm the manager of Continuing Professional Education. Today we've got Emily Shepherd with us. I'm really delighted. There's so much for us to talk about in this session, Emily, but can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Trudy. Thanks so much for having me here today. Um, as you said, my name is Emily Shepherd and I am Director of Usher Kids Australia, which is a parent-led organisation which was established over four years ago now uh, to advocate for children diagnosed with Usher syndrome in Australia. So that's me. Um, I'm also the mum to a 10-year-old boy who has Usher syndrome. Um, I'm also a, currently undertaking a master's in public health online. Um, and I'm really interested in all things related to vision loss and hearing loss in children. Busy lady. Yes, so, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to really talk about Usher kids. And I'm wondering if we could start from the beginning where you tell us about your son and the journey that you went on through his diagnosis. Yeah, so like many families, um, hearing families who are born, um, have a child born with uh, hearing loss, it was a real shock to us. He was our second child. Um, he was not picked up by the newborn hearing screen, unfortunately. It, we, he was born in a hospital without that service at the time. Um, but the first day we took him home from hospital, we just knew that he was not... Uh, responding to sounds and we just really knew that there was something not quite right. We began asking questions um, and he was picked up when he was about six weeks old with a profound hearing loss and it really threw us into this unknown world um, and we didn't know what to do um, and we sort of got swept up in the early intervention uh, hearing aid cochlear implant world very quickly. Um, but as he progressed with his um, services, we just really knew that there was something more going on, um, more than his hearing loss. Um, and we started about a three year journey of trying to find out what he, the cause of his hearing loss was. And it wasn't until we had genetic tests done in the States when he was three and a half that confirmed his Usher syndrome diagnosis. And again, we were just flawed absolutely flawed as a family it was really quite came as quite a shock uh, just worried about what what lay ahead for our son so yeah it was a very it was a really difficult time for us as a family it must have been for those who aren't familiar with usher syndrome can you tell us a little bit about that please so usher syndrome is a rare genetic condition so children are born with a hearing loss and then they in their first decade of life um, begin to show signs of retinitis pigmentosa which is a deteriorating eye condition causes tunnel vision loss of that peripheral vision um, and in my son's subtype it also causes vestibular dysfunction so he was really late to meet all of his gross motor milestones um, he still has really affected balance um, uncoordinated and that vestibular dysfunction was really the signs uh, that things weren't quite right for him um, as a baby. Um, it's, it is a rare condition. We think figures um, show that it's about 5% of all children born with a hearing loss, which is probably more than people um, are really aware. I wasn't aware that it was such a high statistic. Yes, yes. So it, there is quite a, quite a few of us. But when we were diagnosed, um, 
he was quite, Lewis was quite young to, to have that initial diagnosis and most people were not really diagnosed until their teens, early 20s. Uh, so there just weren't the services there available for my, for my boy. So, so what services were available? Who could you find to support you through this? We were sent home from our genetic appointment where we received that diagnosis and we were told to go home and Google. Um, they said there might be a, a support group or, go, you know, sort of just go home and left to our own devices. Um, we went home and couldn't find anything here in Australia. We found a group in the States that was quite um, active online, uh, but we just couldn't find any services here in Australia. So um, I was really disappointed. I called some vision services and because my son was not showing signs of vision loss at that stage, the message really was, uh, we can't really help you now. So let's get back in touch as, as his vision deteriorates. And I was just, just so disappointed with that message that surely there's something that I could be doing with my son now to help prepare him for the vision loss um, to come in the future. Uh, so I set off to a conference in the States that was specifically for um, Usher syndrome and I was just really overwhelmed with the amount of support and services in the States. So I came home determined to um, make some changes here in Australia. And I understand that you took matters into your own hands and Usher Kids Australia was born. It was born, yes. Yeah. So we, I was able to meet another family uh, with a young son here in Melbourne um, and we established Usher, Usher Kids Australia together, really with the aims of uniting a um, Usher syndrome community here in Australia for children, um, ensuring that doctors were um, educated in what the condition was, what services were available, um, and really putting in some really great guidelines as to the care, support and uh, services for, for these children and their families. And that sounds great. And so in terms of the future for you, you've got this organisation now. What does that look like? Where, are you go where do you go from here? Um, well, we've just recently established our charity and DGR status, um, which will change how we um, fundraise going forward, which will hopefully mean that we can provide more and more services to our families. Um, we are looking at doing um, camps and mentoring programs um, and really just ensuring that parents have the right information, the right services um, when, you know, when they really need it most. Uh, we run a conference every two years. Um, uh, two years ago, we held one in Melbourne at the Royal Children's Hospital, which is just a great success. We had over 100 people there, a range of families and health professionals all coming together um, to discuss the future of our kids. Um, and we will be redoing this conference again in September in Sydney. Um, and I believe that you're going to speak to my colleague Holly Feller about that later this week, which is great. So if you've a family in Australia that's been born and they receive this diagnosis, or they're wondering if this might be a diagnosis in their future, can they contact you to find out information? If families are concerned about their child with a hearing loss, they can absolutely um, contact us and we can put them in the right place for uh, finding a genetic test available. Um, it is quite inconsistent across Australia as to the availability of testing, which is something that we're working really hard to try and improve. Um, so 
in days gone by, children were really only diagnosed through their symptoms in their early teens, whereas now they're being diagnosed, um, you know, sometimes in their first year or two of life, which really changes the, you know, we've got a 10-year period where we can intervene here um, and really support these children and these families um, to improve services, improve their skills, sorry, going forward. So it's a, it's a really important step, that genetic test, getting that genetic confirmation. Um, and it has all sorts of implications for family planning and um, other family members, et cetera. So I think it's a really important, important step there. Absolutely. And we will, of course, put the contact details for Usher Kids on our show notes so that everyone can find out more information and, 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 and the details from you about the journey and who they should be contacting as well. One of the things I want to talk to you about today, though, is rare disease day, because Usher Kids does, or Usher does fit into that description. Can you tell us more about rare disease day? So rare disease day is really a celebration of um, of all rare diseases. Um, it's a celebration across the world and it's celebrated on the last day of uh, February um, each year. Um, and it's really just an opportunity for all of these rare diseases to come together. Um, it's estimated that there are more people in Australia with a rare disease than there are with diabetes. So collectively, we are a huge number. And by coming together and collaborating, we're more successful with our advocacy, we're more successful with our um, ability to push for research for all of these individual conditions. So Rare Disease Day is a really important um, event on our calendar. Um, we're also using it as an opportunity to um, update our website. So we'll have a great new resource and research section on our website for our for our families and our Usher community, which we're really looking forward to. Um, and then we've got our conference later on this year, which is, um, as I said, will be held in Sydney. And I'm sure that you'll um, be able to provide more details on that. Absolutely. But what, what will you do on Rare Disease Day? Is there a march? Is there... Oh, so Rare Disease Day, you hear in yeah, well, here in Melbourne, there's there's worldwide there's there's different activities um, to raise the profile of different rare diseases. In Melbourne, we celebrated at the Royal Children's Hospital uh, with a group called the Genetic Support Network of Victoria, and they really are the founding members of various support groups such as such as ours. And uh, they they support the supporters really. And as a support group, we really rely on them to to guide us and to help uh, bring us all together really so we can make our voice stronger. Excellent. And hopefully this podcast will raise awareness for you as well. Emily, finally, if you've got a family who is wondering, do you have advice for them on, on what they should be thinking, what they should be feeling, what they should be doing? Well, I think that the... The, the, the message is is that there you are not you are not alone there are other people out there who have been in the same um, you know whether it be in a newly diagnosed family or a family that just has some concerns about the development of their child um, seek professional advice from pediatricians um, you know push for a genetic confirmation if you haven't had one already um, but there are families out there who have been through been through it you don't have to do it alone um, and together we can really just make that journey a little bit bit easier for everyone going through it so um, and that's what we are here for and that's what we hope to keep providing to our families across Australia. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much. That's been really informative. I've learned a few things too today as well. So thank you so much for your time and all the best for Rare Disease Day. Thanks so much, Trudy. Thank you to Emily for speaking with us. We have included all relevant links and websites in the podcast description. If you have any questions regarding the topics raised in this episode, be sure to reach out via our Facebook page.